Dear Cheap Astronomy, what is the ultraviolet habitable zone? Current lists of potentially life-bearing exoplanets are determined by them being in their star's circumstellar zone in which temperatures are just right to allow liquid water to form. Hence these zones are also known as Goldilocks zones. The other main feature of a potentially life-bearing exoplanet is that it's rocky, which is determined through measurement of the planet's mass and its likely size. So a large mass planet with a small diameter suggests it's rocky rather than gaseous. There is a certain naivety in us expecting to find life on planets that are most like the Earth, where we're assuming that all life in the universe will be like the one and only example that we know of. But at the same time, there is an Occam's razor logic to it. Why chase a bunch of speculative solutions when you know there is one solution that works? But is being rocky and being in the right temperature zone all there is to it? Well, apparently not, according to a June 2023 article by Spinelli et al. in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society. Spinelli et al. have proposed that you need a minimum level of ultraviolet radiation to generate the photochemical reactions that lead to abiogenesis, that is, life from lifelessness. More specifically, the generation of ribonucleic acid, RNA, from chemical pathways known as cyanosulfidic chemistry, which can also generate proteins and lipids, that is, fats. The key reaction seems to involve UV light acting on hydrogen cyanide, which is composed of hydrogen, carbon and nitrogen, and given that all this happens in an aqueous solvent, that is, water, you also have a source of oxygen nearby. These are the core chemical ingredients of life as we know it. Again, we need to acknowledge we are naively assuming that all life in the universe will follow the same chemical pathways that led to life on Earth, but also, again, it does make sense to look for such environments that might support such chemical pathways, given that we know for a fact that those pathways have generated life at least once. Anyway, putting all this together, you not only need liquid water, which can only happen in a certain temperature range, but you also need a minimum amount of UV radiation to drive abiogenesis, and also you can't have too much UV radiation, since too much has a disruptive effect on biochemistry. So there is actually a definable ultraviolet habitable zone. Can't be too high, can't be too low, it has to be just right. The paper's authors then calculate that for a star to have a circumstellar zone where water can be a liquid and have that zone coincide with its ultraviolet habitable zone, that star needs a minimum surface temperature of at least 3900 Kelvin. On the OBAFGKM scale of stellar colours and surface temperatures, you need at least an orange K star to get that kind of surface temperature. Where M stars at the lower end of the scale are red dwarfs, then there's K stars, and then there's G stars, which are yellow, sun-like stars. 
After that, you get into a range of two hot stars, where even in the circumstellar temperature zones where water might form, there's still too much UV radiation, which is not only unfriendly to life, but also unfriendly to atmospheres, which would be strongly ionised by the UV radiation, as well as likely being blown away altogether by the stronger stellar winds associated with these hotter stars. So, this paper offers a way of constraining the number of likely exoplanets with life. That is, if we accept its key premise that you need a minimum level of UV radiation to have life. If that is really the case, then the planets around red dwarfs won't actually support life. Noting that exoplanets around red dwarfs are a big chunk of all the exoplanets we've discovered so far, partly because they're easier to detect, but mostly because red dwarfs comprise about 75% of all the stars in the galaxy, and probably the universe. Mind you, it could be that although those red dwarf exoplanets are lifeless, they're also habitable, since they are rocky and watery and aren't being blasted by high-energy ionising radiation. So, perhaps, we, or someone else, could move in without violating the Prime Directive. Perhaps.